0: I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin.
1: Good morning once again. Another beautiful Saturday in the city of Hamilton. Uh, yes, my name is Rick Zamprin in studio with Rob Golfey and Philip Golfey. Those two fine gentlemen are sales representatives with Remax's Gartman Realty, the Golfey team. You know the drill. You've listened to the program. If you haven't, and this is your first time, welcome to the program. We talk about everything real estate related, and we have a fun time doing so as well. We have a number of hot topics that we're going to tackle today. Go online to robgolfey.com. That's Rob, G O L fi.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That phone number again is 905-575-7700. They're all over social media. Be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page at Rob Golfi on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on your favorite app store. Past episodes online at robgolfie.com and 900 chml.com. If you have a topic idea or you have a real estate related question, email questions at robgolfie.com at email address questions at robgolfie.com we will ask your question and provide an answer on a future program. Talking about uh, investing in real estate in college and university towns Hamilton is one of those towns with McMaster and Mohawk. We'll look at some of the best and worst college towns in in the U.S. to invest in and probably have a little fun doing so, poking some fun at some <laughs> of the worst uh, communities. Uh, three creative ways real estate agents can market to millennials. We'll also get into what impact is the Toronto Real Estate Board uh, giving the go-ahead to agents to post selling prices of properties online, what impact that's going to have to uh, realtors and uh, to home buyers. But we'll start with disclosure. What do you have to disclose and what you don't have to disclose when selling a home. So maybe we'll start with what you have to disclose.
0: Um, you should be disclosing anything that the new buyer, that the buyer, once they move in, that could have an issue. Okay. Um, so for instance... So this could be anything? Um, You know what? Anything that could... I mean, a know. squeaky floor? Let, let's <laughs> well, Let's start with
2: what you don't have to disclose. Is that a shorter
1: list? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean so first no, we'll so, get into what you, okay okay so okay, okay you go so, ahead all according, right millennial phil no, millennial. take over take it no, over <laughs> 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 let's follow the rules a little bit so according to the real estate council of ontario the rules and regulations on what you have to disclose and what you don't have to disclose right you do not have to disclose um patent patent defects okay and this is this means a patent defect is anything that you could see anything that you can notice anything that you can uh, become aware of through a simple walkthrough or a home inspection report right for example walking
1: through the house right so uh, for for an example uh, you know a uh, potential home is walking through a home they see a wet spot on the floor right do we have to disclose that the no. basement is leaking no, or you do, yes. okay. you do not you do not if, he, if
2: about yeah so it's 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 the home buyer's responsibility the home inspector's responsibility mm-hmm. and the in the purchaser's agent responsibility to find out the reason for that water stain right, okay. or, or what's it what, what it's from and it's not the home seller's responsibility because you can visually see that mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. you can you can you can walk through the house and see that there's a there's a water stain so yeah or if there's um, mold on the ceiling exactly, yeah. exactly. um things such as a, a crack in the foundation now if there's a crack in the foundation and you cover it up and you finish the basement and you know there's that crack behind the wall mm-hmm. that's a latent defect you have to disclose that there's a crack in the foundation behind that right. drywall cuz right? no one can see it cuz exactly right. but if that crack if it's visible somebody can walk through and see the crack in the foundation so so it's not like you have to come in and say hey listen there's a crack in the foundation it's easily seen it's not like they're trying to hide it they're they're they they can they can easily see it so you know that's, that's the way to describe it is if you can notice it through a walkthrough or if you can notice it through a home inspection, then you don't have to disclose it. Mm. But when it, when, it, when it gets into things such as, you know, there was a flood or there was a fire or there was, um, you know, there's a process or, or there's a risk of a wall collapsing. You can't see it necessarily collapsing. Right. But due to the structure of the building, it could collapse in the near future. Those are things that you have to disclose. Um, if, there's a, if there's a history of mold that that was you know even though it, it was fixed or or taken care of you still have to disclose that mm-hmm. right um these you know these those those are all specific situations that that you know require disclosure but if you if you're in a position right now and you're thinking do i have to tell them you know such and such or, or do i have to disclose such if it's something that they can see walking through your house and they can notice it right away through an inspection report or through an agent being able to you know Thoroughly inspecting the property. No, you don't have to. You hmm. don't. You don't have to. But if it's something that you're covering up, or something that somebody can't see through their walkthrough, it's something that happened in the past that that was a big deal yeah. or, or or a, or a severe um, caused big, a big yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah so, a big issue.
0: Then you have to disclose it. So, for instance, uh, and, and this has happened, I've seen in uh, in my career uh, a couple of times. Um, the uh, The downstairs, in uh, sometimes the wall is bowing in like the 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 block wall mm-hmm. it's bowing in and it's uh, a bad sign it is a bad sign because <laughs> cuz it's caving in right yeah so and sometimes sometimes <laughs> I'm being and that's why <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I'll walk in the basement especially if it's a if it's a block foundation right. and I'll put my head against the uh uh wall to see if if the, if it's bowing because I I've, I've come across a lot of houses like that where it's it's coming in and to see if the, if the the con the, the the blocks are straight, mm-hmm. and so for instance, this happened uh, years ago. A guy reframed and drywalled his basement, and he had major problems with the, the walls of his basement. Wow! Redrywalled it, and so what happened was later they found out that he did cover it up so that he can sell the house. It was freshly done, and he did get he did get. Um, uh, charged for it, like basically fined and and everything else, and and I think the realtor even knew about it too. So um, and that was a hidden uh, defect that was purposely hidden, mm-hmm. like it was. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it. it uh, so, so that it, should have been that should have been disclosed. Yeah, there was
1: yeah. some intent there.
0: There was intent there to deceive the the buyer. Right
1: now, uh, I think
2: where the biggest problems come is when somebody purchases a house. And they say, well, the people before me didn't disclose it, right? And I bought this house that, you know, everything was fine. I thought mm-hmm. it was good. Why should I have to disclose it? And that's where the that's where the hardest part and the hardest thing as realtors, when we tell somebody, say, hey, w- you know, you have to disclose this. This is something that you have to make all buyers aware of. And then, you know, most often their response is, well, we didn't know about it. So they don't want to lose the money on the sale right. because they, you know, something wasn't disclosed to them. And, and you know, something that can affect the sale price in the long term that they don't want to come out and say, you know, you know, we've had, you know, a mold issue or we've had this issue because the previous, you know, the previous sellers didn't let us know about that. Right. So, you know, more often than not, you know, you're, you're in a, you're put in a hard position and they want to, you know, and they don't want to tell and they, you know, they let the realtor know, but they don't want to come out and say, Hey, you know, we we, we don't want to let everybody else because it can have a huge effect on the sale price of our, of our, of our home. Yeah.
1: So, I, I got two questions, re-disclosure. Why, why is it necessary? Number one, we'll start with there, and then I'll have the follow-up. Uh,
0: why is it necessary yeah. to, to disclose? To disclose. You know, it, it can make the difference of what, how much you want to pay for that house, and it, it, or it can make the difference of you wanting that house anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you found out about something on a house after you moved in, you, you could say, listen, I wouldn't have bought this house if I knew it had th- these kind of problems. So... It, it, it that's why it, it should be disclosed. Yeah. For, so for instance, um, there was a house uh, in Stony Creek. Um, they they had a home inspection done, right? Everything cleared, no problem. This is years ago. I'm not sure if there was uh, any equipment at the time that you can detect any mold or any sh- issues like that. So home inspection passed, flying colors. So. People move in, no problem. Six months later, they decide to rip out the basement and redo it. There was mold all throughout the basement, mm. behind the walls. Mm-hmm. Now, they uh, I think the buyers went after the home inspector. And I think when you uh, hire a home inspector, you sign, just before you <laughs> start the home inspection, you sign, the most you can sue the home inspector is what you paid for the home inspection. It, it's kind of silly, but it's their contract. But they, they're still insured. Um, and they felt that he missed that uh finding that mold, and maybe he did, I don't know, um and it's hard to tell like you know uh and I don't know where that case went to, I don't know you know who who ended up uh having to where mm-hmm. where it ended up selling, settling after or anything like that but but again, behind the walls, just like Philip said, if you can't see what's there and you know like like people get more it's funny how people get really. Ex- not excited, but they go, oh wow, look at the cracks on the floor here uh, in the basement. Well, uh, that's because it's not finished. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, at uh, if, if you took out the carpeting or the or the wood flooring in uh, in every basement, you're going to find cracks in every floor. Yeah. Yeah. Every floor. But it's funny how somebody says, well, you know, I'm not going to buy a house with cracks on the floor." And I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> go! Yeah. You're not buying a house then." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. But you know, but but um, but those are the kind of things like. Sometimes it's nice to have an unfinished basement. So, for instance, I've got a house that we're just listing right now. You can see the drip marks coming in from the block foundation on about two, two or three sides of of uh, of the walls in in uh, throughout the basement. Not finished, but the the uh, but the um, what do you call it? Uh, it's been all been done. New weeping tiles and some putting wrapping. In, the wrapping. Yeah, yeah. So we will disclose on the. Uh, on the listing to say that uh, new weeping tiles, sump pump, and wrapping has been uh, done, you know, seven years ago, so that when people walk down the basement, when they're reading the listing, and say, "Oh yeah," and it's you can see fixed. the drip mark, you yeah. could you could see it's been fixed. Right. Yeah. Like you want to make sure because you you cannot miss, but look at the stain marks coming down mm-hmm. yeah. the, the the two three different walls in in the basement. Mm-hmm. So, but now if that was covered up. I would still disclose that that new weeping tiles were put put on, right. and uh, and and to show that we did have leaks. It was rectified, fixed, and the houses yeah. you can you can. So now the new owner can finish that basement, knowing comfortably that. Everything was taken care yeah. of.
1: That's going to lead me to my follow-up. We'll get to it uh, after the commercial break in terms of disclosure. We're also going to talk about uh, price corrections. We'll also talk about uh, online uh, prices on properties that the Toronto Real Estate Board is uh, wrestling with right now. That and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Uh-huh. on love. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick imprint in studio with Rob Golfy and Philip Golfy, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. RobGolfy.com is the website. That's Rob G O L F I If you have a question for the Golfy team, email questions at RobGolfy.com. That email address again is questions at RobGolfy.com. Find them on Twitter and Instagram at RobGolfy, and be sure to like the rob golfy facebook page and if you haven't yet you want to subscribe to the hamilton real estate show podcast on itunes google play your favorite app store great episodes from uh, well we can say years gone by because it has been years that the show has been on the air uh past episodes uh, online at 900 chml.com and rob still to come three creative ways real estate agents can market to millennials and uh, we'll also talk about the best and worst college towns to invest in real estate and see how hamilton stacks up with McMaster and Mohawk Uh, but we started the show and we're continuing our discussion about disclosure what do you have to disclose what do you not have to disclose when selling your home from the seller's standpoint even if you can see uh, a past uh, leakage any any past issue that has been rectified or not isn't it in the best interest of that seller to say hey this is or has been a problem just so their butts are 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 okay
0: absolutely I think I think you know, if you disclose... Like, if, if you had a problem and you fixed it, that's even a good thing. it's even better. That's even yeah. better, because yeah. then you, you've, you've told them For that instance, you had a problem. For
1: instance, you know, a leaky roof. Uh, the roof was rectified. You, you fixed the ceiling. You put new shingles, and it's all... It's all it's done. all fixed.
0: Yeah. So the one thing I would do, if, if I found out... Let, let's say on the second floor, you see some water stains. So obviously, above that floor is the attic. Right. So I... I, and, I and then you can tell there there's new shingles. So I like to know me as a buyer, I like to know, okay, wait a minute, so how long did they leave the shingles like like old right uh, and how many how long did it leak for before they actually replaced the shingles right. so I would do a more of a thorough uh, inspection in the attic to make sure there 's no mold there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just depends on uh, you know like but if you have a, if you see water stains on the main level, then right away, I know that you know a, the second level above is a probably you, a washroom. A yeah, washroom right. just above there. So yeah. and and we know that, you know, you know, especially at kids or something overflowed. Yep. There's a high probability that it's from there. Some sometimes you get people thinking, you know, the main floor, <laughs> it's funny. There's a leak in the roof. I go, "Well, there's no roof above that floor." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it went from the roof and through then, the second no matter floor. How, to the first but floor. sometimes no matter yeah. how
0: much you convince them, right, right, right. they still yeah. believe there's a leak in the roof even though it's yeah. on the main floor and there's another floor above it. But uh, and then so right away I'll I usually walk in. I say, "Well, it looks like they had some problems." So, I, uh, in the uh, washroom upstairs, and hopefully there is a washroom right above there. Yeah. And then I try to see where, where where the the problem is, and see if there's extra caulking in the, around the tub. Mm-hmm. You know, just little signs of of, of things like that. But
1: um, you, you mentioned you know some homebuyers being scared off by you know cracks in in, in, in a basement floor. Uh, is there a particular uh, segment of the home buying population that, you know, they could see the littlest thing and they'll be scared oh, off even, oh, even yeah, if the, yeah. the situation yeah, has been yeah. rectified?
0: Oh, absolutely. They're, yeah. you know... Because
2: they're looking I for mean, the perfect I mean, home, right? I remember when Dave Style was in here right. and he goes, he goes, it's a home. Everything's fixable. Yeah. He goes, oh, yeah. I'll buy... He's bought in homes. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that are like that yeah. where they'll look at the, they'll look at the style of the house, whether it's a bungalow, two-story or whatever. They'll look at the square footage. They'll look at the location and they'll buy it even sight unseen, right? Because they know that that given that location or given that style of home, Mm -hmm. everything within the shell of it is completely fixable. And it's completely, you know, you're able to, to, and, you know, a a lot of people don't have that confidence, especially when you go into like the first time home buyer, they're exhausting every single penny of their income or, or of their savings into their down payment where they don't have the you know the capacity the financial capacity to support a big renovation right. or a big or, or something big to fix right you know in the first or second year of of the purchase so people get you know people get nervous right if there's you know the smallest little thing they you know they kind of go up in arms about yeah. it mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's 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 hiring the right um you know i always feel like it's hard to hide something within a home it's really hard if you if there's something seriously wrong with your house I I feel like it's really hard to hide and cover up right. especially if you hire a good home inspector um and they do a thorough check they'll they'll find it you know there's there's little signs that that they'll be able to tell if there's something wrong with the foundation or there's something wrong with if something leaked before if there's something wrong with the plumbing or or whatever there's little signs that they can pick up on mm-hmm. and they'll be able to recognize that there's something wrong with the house right away
1: Is there any kind of leeway in terms of uh disclosure I, and I'm getting to the fact that uh, you know, someone or a family has moved into a home, and you know, in a matter of months or within a year, they're moving again, and they haven't really realized if there were any past issues. Would they be liable yeah. for anything in that um, regard? If, if they don't know about, yeah, them. yeah.
0: So they they haven't lived there through a full year, so they haven't gone through all the seasons of the year to know right. that. So sometimes people will buy a house, right, and um, and then they find out for some reason. On one wall of this house or or the, you know, that one room is freezing cold in Mm -hmm. the wintertime. So they could move it in the spring and not till January and December, January, February, they're finding that this room is freezing cold. And, um, you know, and when they bought the house, there were no heaters there, right? There was no, you know, there was no heaters lying around because they did that on purpose. They had the heaters. That should be disclosed. And so sometimes you know what is the what does the, the new homeowner do? They can go after them and say, "Listen, you knew about the, no well, wait a minute, we're talking about the uh the guy that just moved there for mm-hmm. a short term, yeah, yeah, he won't know right so the next guy finds out, and if he tries to go after the pre- like the guy that owned it for three, four months or right. six months." There's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. Can he go to the previous owner though? You know what? That's a good question. That's uh, we have to talk to a lawyer about that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be
1: interesting. Yeah. Uh, apart from what's in the home, do you have to disclose things that have happened outside the home? So uh, I don't know. You have a, a flooded backyard all the time, or yes. you know, your sprinkler system has flooded at, yeah. at one point. We
2: there's there's an area in St. Catharines that's on the floodplain. It's, it's, and, and we didn't, I didn't know about this, but it's something that, that when we went through, we went through the property twice, and this is a perfect example, the sub pump was already o- always on, always running steady, and steady like nonstop. Wow. And the water was being pumped out into the, onto the street. And my, and my buyer said, he goes, Phil, he goes, why is the, the sub pump running? Like he goes, like it's, a, it's a, he goes, it's we've been outside. here. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't rained in a, in a while. <laughs> we've been here for a couple hours. It's been nonstop. So we went back for a second showing same thing. Wow. Right. So. I googled the address. I, googled, I I googled the area, and I and I was like, you know, what's going on with this thing? And we realized that this set of homes were in a floodplain, hmm. and it's it's and the basement has hasn't flooded just because of the sump pump. It's right. been able to keep up with it. Yeah. And the sump pump was a um, it had like a backup generator, it had a backup sump pump. It was serious, <laughs> like it was like a serious operation down going, there. Yeah. 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 And uh, and we found out that it was it was in a floodplain. So wow. these guys were like, absolutely not. You know, we can't. We we you know, it's not a risk that we're willing to take. Yeah. It's not something that we you know yeah. we want to be worried about. If we're you know if we're out at a restaurant having dinner and Power we, out yeah, is. like yeah, it's right, it's right, something right. that that's always top of mind. Um, they didn't disclose that to us. That There's, was something that I had to go out and find the, out on mm-hmm. my own and, and get that information. Um, so, so that would be something of a, of an area kind of situation. Right. Um, does it have to be disclosed? Absolutely not. Yeah.
0: There's areas of Hamilton. Uh, there's, well, not areas. There's one area, uh, one street where the houses were built on, uh, they were built down in central Hamilton and the houses are kind of leaning and sinking because it's built, it's, there's, it's Sandy there and it's not solid Hmm. and uh, so all the houses are leaning and if you don't know that and a lot of people don't know uh, but if you don't Mm -hmm. know that you end up buying the house and then you end up and like wow, and then th- so now yeah, if you do sell it, the realtors that know about it aren't going to sell it to their clients. Right. So you you know it's just it's just it's just it's just it's like th- a tennis match. You it take is a it, tennis You match. take it. You take it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, this guy doesn't know about it. Yeah. But but that should be disclosed. Yeah. You know yeah. the homeowner will know about it as soon as he moves in, and. And the agent may not have known about it, but it's always good to Google certain streets, certain areas before yeah. you 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 bu- you put an offer. Well, in. The,
2: the best part about it is a lot of the newspaper articles don't come down now, right? Right. They, you know, a lot. Of, there's a lot of articles that that you know different news sources will post. Yeah. And, be and if there, it's online, yeah, you'll, you'll see it, you know, you'll see postings from 2004, 2005, you know, different floods or different, different things of that nature. Yeah. So it's, well, you get a lot of information by just Googling an address or Googling an area. Mm-hmm. And, and it tells you a lot. Uh,
1: last one on disclosure. Do you have to disclose any sort of neighborhood issues, i.e. bad neighbors, uh, uh, loud cars, uh, airplanes going overhead, any of that stuff? It, it's, it's hard to tell. Um,
0: so, one bad neighbor, a bad neighbor can be bad to this neighbor, but mm. maybe great to a, a new neighbor. Right. And, uh, well, look what happened in, uh, on, on Green Hill. I think it's Green Hill or Quigley. Um, a neighbor, actually, they got kicked out from the condo corp. It took yeah. a, a f- yeah. few, quite a we few had that years on the show, yeah. that we had that. Yeah. And uh, they, had, they had, I think, was it 190 or 120 days. They at, literally had to be listed and sold and out mm. within that time frame. And uh, too bad you couldn't do that to regular residential neighborhoods, you know, get rid of, a, you, know, a, you know, neighbors that, uh, that cause a lot of problems for everybody else. Uh, but it, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So usually the good ones leave and then, uh, and then, but now, you know, a bad one actually got kicked out of a, a condo complex. Yeah. But the, in terms of disclosure, no, you don't.
2: No. You don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Uh, <laughs> let's switch gears here. Uh, what impact is this going to have on selling homes, if any? The Toronto Real Estate Board has uh, been given the go-ahead to agents to post selling prices of properties online. So maybe uh, uh, we'll lay the foundation and talk about what what's going on in Toronto. What are they doing?
0: So, so the Competition Bureau um, went after the Toronto Real Estate Board and said uh, we want to we want to uh, we want to see Sold prices. Right. And Toronto Real Estate Board says, well, you know, we haven't done that. We're, we don't do that. And we're not going to do that. So there was a long fought battle. They lost. And so the Toronto Real Estate Board appealed it. And the Supreme Court uh, just announced uh, about a week, a week ago that they denied their appeal. Mm-hmm. So now they have to disclose um, the sale prices. The sale price. Now, the U.S. has been doing this for a long time, I think about 10, 15 years. Is it going to affect us? I, I don't think it is. Um, it's just like anything else. You know, time is evolving. You know, things are changing. I actually think that it's going to make the realtor's job easier because the consumer is going to be more educated. Um, the consumer may want to say, well, now I know all these houses, what they're selling for. I'll put my house up for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, there, there there's a, a lot to, you know, that goes with selling a house. And... and and they may not want to go through that ordeal of having to meet every person and, and, and every consumer coming. They don't know if they're qualified to buy. They don't know all that. So there's that aspect of it. So I can see the Toronto Real Estate Board. It's their club, right? They formed this company. They It's their information. All of a sudden, now they have to share the information. Right. But I don't see why. Another part of it is, why does the Toronto Real Estate Board have to do it? The the, uh, the the city has all the sales. Why don't they just post them? Mm-hmm. Why why can't they just post them? Why are they coming after the real estate board? Just go to the city of uh, Toronto or the city of Hamilton, and they have to make up a site and disclose what the right. sale prices are. Why why does the Toronto real estate board have to do it? But I don't think it's going to affect realtors. Hmm. A lot of realtors are worried. I don't think it's going to affect them. And that that's my opinion. If somebody
2: wanted to find out a, a purchase price or a sale price, they could find he, it. They can, it's easy to call yeah. somebody up yeah. And, yeah. and just say, "Hey, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm looking for the you know the last pe- you know the last five sales in my neighborhood. Can you please tell me them?"
1: Right,
0: and the realtor will put it in an email. And I think there's I off. think there's opportunity for business there. I think I should open up a site. <laughs> well, <there you> <laughs> Want to know the sale prices of yeah. your street? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are are realtors in Toronto those who are against this plan? I'm I'm guaranteeing most of them are because. They don't want to see their final sale price compared to the listing price because some might be uh, higher, or lower yeah. than, than expected, and they so, might may, maybe yeah. I don't know feel yeah, embarrassed. because everybody or,
0: everybody knows that you know if somebody puts his house up for sale for nine hundred thousand and he ends up selling for eight hundred, yeah, he's he's not going to tell his neighbor, "Well, I got a hundred thousand less." He right. just doesn't say anything to his yeah, neighbor. Yeah. So, so he knows his neighbor is assuming that he got something close to that nine hundred, right, right? And and that's where. Uh, the neighbors are going to get called out because all na- neighbors always lie about what they sold their house for. <laughs> they yeah. always do. Yeah. Because when we go to yeah. a house and, and they go, well, that neighbor, he told me he got like, you know, 750000 And then I bring it all up. I go, no, he actually got 685000 <laughs> 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 Oh, really? Hey, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or
2: sometimes sometimes people will, will see the, uh, you know, <laughs> they'll see the for sale sign go up and it'll be up for a couple months. And then all of a sudden, it just, it, it gets removed. Right. So the notion is that they, they sold, but, right? Everybody always thinks that they sold just because yeah. the for sale sign's gone. But you know, you know, the listing could have expired. The listing could have canceled. That yeah. that they they just <laughs> have this number in their head of when it went up. But I mean, I mean, you I, know, there's there's a ton of people that look at it, you know, nightly on a nightly
0: basis. They're just cruising online. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This will help them. This will become the, the, this, this will educate the yeah. consumer. Mm-hmm.
0: It'll educate them. So, it makes our job easier when we're going in and working with them and and but, you know, put pricing their house. Our job as a realtor is trying to price their house um, you know, as close to what a willing buyer is willing to pay and push the market, we will push the market to get them more money and'll we'll, and and that's that's our job so like when rick when when you want to sell your house, and let's say your house is worth a million dollars, right mm-hmm. and, it's close to that yeah, yeah, okay, and then <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm going to say, Rick, let's try a million fifty thousand. Let's right. see what the market will do at, at, at that number. Maybe we can get end up at, you know, a million, 30,000. That's our job. And so that's what we're trying to do for you mm-hmm. as a realtor. Now, as a private person that's going to put their house up for sale, you know, th- they're not going to have that kind of guidance like like a realtor has. Right. And, um, and, you know, and I think this, people are worried that there's going to be more private for sales. I, I say there's going to be uh, probably a little more uh, but I don't think it's gonna affect I don't think it's gonna affect anything. like like you look at the price for sales it's a small number, a small
1: percentage, mm-hmm. very
0: small percentage.
1: Is yeah. it also going to maybe uh, you know put that number, you know someone's ho- house on their on their street sells for 650 whatever the number is and that's the homeowner on the same street that has a very similar house will think that they can get, that price, but their you know their their home is nowhere near on the inside as beautiful as you know say the six fifty house. Is it going to kind of cloud the judgment or the uh, the that fi- ju- that's financial weariful? Yeah,
2: like, like the fact that the the sale prices are are going to be um, public. Right. It's it, it's not. I I honestly don't think it's going to change anything. Yeah, but you know I the
1: homeowner are going to say, hey, he sold for six fifty. I should already, get the same. They already do oh, that. They already know that. Do that. No, here's yeah, what, here's what the homeowner says.
0: Here's here's what every homeowner says. <laughs> we walk in, oh, he had to sell. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the best <laughs> That's one. That's why he got That's the right. so right. little. Right, right, right. He had to sell or he got he had he had uh, no uh, granite countertops you know <laughs> and that's why he got that or yeah, the, you know it's always he had to sell yeah yeah <laughs> it's so funny we hear the same one everyone yeah. that's
1: interesting uh still to come on the show how does a price correction work and who wins and loses in that scenario we'll also talk about uh, how do investors in hamilton with uh, mcmaster university and mohawk college already here do when it comes to roi that and a whole lot more on the hamilton real estate show on 900 chml Okay. Hey, Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprint in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfi, sales representatives with REMAX's Cartman Realty, the Golfie team. They're online at RobGolfi.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700, at Rob Golfi on Twitter and Instagram, and like the Rob Golfe Facebook page. And be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Still to come, we'll talk about millennials and uh, return on investment when it comes to college towns. Uh, but let's talk about price corrections. How does a price correction work and who wins and loses? Some realtors believe that a major price correction is underway in Metro Vancouver. So maybe we'll start with what is a price correction? How does that work?
0: Uh, price correction is when uh, there's a various amounts of houses up for sale and you think you priced the realtor priced the house based based on the, the last 90 days of what other homes have sold for and they're not selling. Okay. So what so what happens is so now you've got very, you know, let's say you got 20 homes in a neighborhood for sale, none of them are selling, but according to uh doing the market evaluation and everything, they're all priced right. Mm-hmm. So now you get the first guy, the first agent saying to his client, "Listen, you got to move. We got to get this thing. So they drop fifty thousand, and so what happens is the other agents see that that other that one house has dropped fifty thousand. They tell their clients you have to drop it. So now it's a because, big domino effect. Yeah, it's yeah. a domino effect, and then and then it just it just continues. So and that's where the price correction comes because the consumers are not buying at that price anymore. And who gets hurt at that is the guy that bought in uh, in the hype of the market. So for for instance, last year mm-hmm. in the uh, spring market, er, spring market yeah. you know, people were going in a hundred, two hundred thousand, especially in Vancouver, maybe even you know five hundred thousand yeah. above asking. Those are the people that are going to get hurt, and th- that that bought at that price now they have to sell, and hopefully they've got you know hopefully their mortgage is less than what uh, what the house is worth because if their mortgage is more they they can't sell mm-hmm. you know, and uh, but that's that's what a price correction happens. And it's, uh, you know what the the price corrections often hardest because in the first two weeks a lot of those people
2: get an offer right maybe they're up for 800,000 they get an offer at 735 right and they, they don't take it now they've reduced to 750 mm-hmm. and they still can't get that 735 now they're now they're that's down right to, they regret not now, taking now they're it. down to 699 yeah. or, or or they don't want to go less yeah. than that 735 right. because that was the initial offer yeah so right so that's 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 hard especially during a price correction because they oftentimes have gotten an offer that's higher than the price that they're going to reduce. We, to. we
0: we know a price correction happening real quick before anybody else because we do sell a lot of homes. Last year in two, in two thousand and seventeen, April twelfth, I sent a message to my whole team. I said, "Be careful on holding offers. The market's change is changed now." The majority, a lot of the people didn't know that. A lot of realtors didn't know that. The consumer didn't know that. But I knew I knew that because because the way multiple offers wasn't happening as much as they were before. So I I wanted to approve any houses that were going up for sale and we're holding offers, you know, saying we you know no offers for 5 days. And we knew that on April around April 12th. So but the consumers didn't know that till probably the end of May or beginning of June because mm-hmm. you need a full month of a correction in the market to know that there is a correction. The consumer will find out. So when all the stats came in uh, at the end of May, beginning of June, then they said, "Oh my, look, it's changed. The market's changed." We, right. you know, the market's, you know, the price correction was done. But when you're in April and you're halfway through April, you're still getting, you're still getting, you know, strong markets. So people aren't going to see the stats in April aren't going to come out they come out in may sorry yeah. they come out in may you're not going to see that there's a correction yet it's it's you have to wait another it's month we on. knew there was a correction in may and we totally changed our way of marketing and changed our way of selling homes so that our consumers our our clients would still get benefit yeah. from from our experience from that
1: is is the winner in a price correction the the homeowner who is buying a new home or, or are they just uh you know uh, is it a soft because they have to sell their home in that price correction market as well
2: the winner the Winners in a price correction are the investors and the first time home buyers. Oh. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't feel like the first time home buyer is a winner, just because the prices are especially in Vancouver are, up, yeah. are so yeah. ridiculous still. But those are those are the winners. If somebody's buying and selling in the same market, it's a wash, right? right. Because yeah. you're gonna get the true market value for your house and you're gonna buy at true market value for the yep. other house. It's somebody that 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 buys high and then, and then the price correction happens in, in the time that they put their house up for sale. Yeah, yeah. Where they're where they're starting so, to scramble. So, so,
0: the people that cashed out big time last year were the retirees. They're like they're they're cashing out, mm-hmm. and people retired. They're either re- they went to go start renting a house. They're like you know, or they're uh, they're going to an old age home. Those yeah. people, they did well. Now, the people that bought their houses. Get, you know they may have to stay there a little stay longer there for a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, but uh, but yeah. So those are the people that did well. The first time buyers didn't do as well. Uh, early spring last year. Right.
1: Uh, we got a couple of minutes to start to our discussion. We'll probably carry it through to our final segment. Three creative ways real estate agents can market to millennials. Maybe we'll ask the millennial.
2: Yeah. This is uh, this is something that we see if if you follow any of the HGTV shows, the million dollar listing shows, or right. the the flip it or flop it shows. A lot of those celebrities do exactly what this is. It's it's they're very social. They're very active on social media. They're promoting their own brand. They're promoting their lifestyle. And they're promoting their business all through social, social media. media. Yeah. So and that's and that's how those you know as much as they're celebrities, they still live and operate as as real estate salespeople mm-hmm. and real estate um, real estate companies, and they're still building a business and, so, and they're still building their brand, but they build it through a way of of reality tv which is kind of interesting and cool um that's being trickled down to your average real estate person right where where a lot of you know you know people in in you know smaller markets not you know not necessarily the big la markets or the big new york markets where it looks all flashy and cool with the nice cars you know the expensive suits the nice watches where a lot of people are doing it now
1: We'll get into uh, those uh, three ways on, uh, well, all three are social media based. And we'll also talk about how do investors in Hamilton with uh, Mac and Mohawk here do when it comes to return on investment. The Hamilton Real Estate Show continues after this on 900 CHML. (laughs) This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Find them online at robgolfie.com. Call them at 905 575 7700. If you have a question for the Golfie team, the email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Send us an email and we'll uh, ask your question on the air and provide an answer as well. Uh, just before the break, we uh, chimed in with three creative ways real estate agents can market to millennials. The all social media based. We have Facebook Live, we have Instagram Stories, and we have Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> we, we
2: got and everything. I think, I think I think those are are usually when a social media platform comes out, it always starts with like the younger the younger group, right? right? Yeah. It always starts with like the ages like sixteen to twenty two. Yeah. Those and those are the people that kind of adapt to it, and then if it picks up with that group, it kind of carries over. And, and we've seen it happen to Facebook where it feels like there's there's more of the older generation that's using Facebook yeah. more now than ever before,
1: right? right? And the but
2: where Facebook started, it started with college students, sure. it started with university students. Um, and then so now it's carried over to, to you know, the baby boomers baby. reconnecting with their old high school friends yeah, and, yeah. and that sort of thing and, and kind of catching up on life that way where now, the younger kids are like, you know, I don't want to share my life with anybody. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not accepting anybody yeah. where we so that's how it's it's changed. And what allows real estate people to do, it allows them to target market their, the, the specific demographic that mm-hmm. they want to attract to a certain listing. But it's also a great way for building a brand and, and, and you know, you know. Target marketing a a community and branding yourself within that community so you become, you know, known as that, you know, a specific salesperson for that town or city or or in that area. Um, And and like I was saying before, it's something that that it allows you to become, you know, it allows you to celebritize yourself and and become that that real estate celebrity that you you see on TV Mm -hmm. or that you see, you know, selling the big homes. It's just... On a lower scale or on a lower level or on a smaller market yeah. but it's it's very it's it's much of the same thing much of the same um daily practices and doing that and, and, and just using a different handle, yeah, yeah. And and the best part about it is it's free, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's you know you don't have to you don't have to spend any money on it. You don't have to you know to, to create a, a Facebook page or create a post. It's you know yeah. what I mean. It's just you want to create good content that people are going to be interested to that that brings value to the community, and yeah. then and then it's easy to build a brand and a business that way.
0: Exactly. I always tell Philip uh, that I want to start doing something. That, the life. The life of uh, the golfing team, but (laughs) he keeps he keeps. Could be an interesting reality show. I think he's afraid I might embarrass myself. I don't know. (laughs) He's like you know you know the kid that's embarrassed embarrassed of his parent trying to do something (laughs) that uh, for the millennial. I I
2: believe that if you're not if you're doing it and you're not doing it right, it's actually hurting you more than it's Sure, yeah, there's, right? there's no doubt about so that. So it's a work in progress. But I give him the <laughs> idea, and I think it's a
0: great idea, but he just keeps killing it. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we're that interesting. No. I, You'd I, be surprised. I, I think, you know, what, uh, you know, with everybody in our office and everything, you know. You get a just, great dynamic. Yeah, it's just, you know, just something, different things that you are happening.
1: You can do the office, uh, we could be gol- like, golfy team We time. could
0: be like the million dollar listing, New York or, cal- or uh, California or Los Angeles. Yeah, but I mean, when
2: you go down on Cannon Street and you're walking through a... I hope that's falling apart. I mean, it's not that it's, hey, I think, I think that, people that, will be that, interested that's in that. Hamilton, Has rats that's in it and, and, and
0: cobwebs. It's like, you know, it's not it's not getting very up, appealing to you know, the average person, right? Well, people, you know, getting pulled over by the police officer. Maybe he can introduce himself, you
1: know. Yeah, it. I got pulled over the other day again. <laughs> oh, oh, did you get a ticket?
2: Yeah, I did. Wow. Oh. I'll save that for
1: another show. Yeah. Oh. We're gonna get to our last topic here. Uh, <laughs> best and worst college towns to invest in real estate. This is US-based. Uh, number one on the list, champagne. Illinois, followed by Rochester, New York, New Haven, Connecticut, uh, McAllen, Texas, and Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, um, You know, within that top five, a lot of notable towns uh, and recognizable towns. Here in Hamilton, we have McMaster and Mohawk. When it comes to return on investment, are investors doing well? Is this a good university and college town?
0: Uh, Yes. You know what? There's still affordability, but what I see that's happening right now is uh, I think... Um, investors have to be very careful. Now, there's a certain demographic area that I would buy if I was buying in around the university because mm-hmm. they just built um, the, this big building on James Street. You know, the... Uh, yeah. So that that that's for students. Yeah. That's going to house a lot of students. Huge. That's going to take away uh, from them uh, looking to rent a house near uh, McMaster. So if you're far from McMaster walking distance... Um, it's a lot easier just to go on James Street, rent a nice brand new
1: yep.
0: uh, condo or, or whatever apartment that And take
1: public transit in. Take public right?
0: transit like right from James Street, you know, you go to King, boom, and yep, you're down. You're right there. So I think you have to be very careful as an investor now buying around McMaster University. The closer to the university, the better the return's gonna mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. If you're farther away, you're gonna have a hard time reselling that, that property. And they're building they're building a lot of condos and a lot of apartments now. In in around uh, the downtown core, so so if you're investing in uh, in uh, around the university, just be very careful.
1: A little bit different from Mohawk being on the mountain. Is there is there um, a no lose proposition? there?
0: Mohawk is good because because uh, uh, Mohawk's got a lot of cross streets that have a lot of uh, bus right. buses. Yeah. That'll take you to Mohawk College. You know, you got Fennel, Mohawk, and, you know, Garth. You know, you right. got all the, you got and you all have malls those, and schools. You got so, malls, schools, yeah. everything. It's easy to get around on yeah. the mountain because it's just like one big square, crisscross uh, transit system. But around uh, McMaster, you got to be careful. But Mohawk is good. Mohawk yeah. is good.
1: Guys, thanks again uh, for coming in. A phenomenal show today. We have another one action-packed next week. And uh, be sure to listen to the Hamilton Real Estate Show next Saturday at 9 right here on 900CHML.